Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Wow! Welcome to church. Help me out a little bit. What day is it? Some of you got it. It's the day the Lord has made. Yes, it is Sunday, in case you didn't know. And uh, uh, myself, Pastor Rudy, um, Coach DJ, we flew in from Calgary like I don't know how many hours ago, sometime this morning, middle of the night. But praise God, we are here. And in case you didn't know it, maybe turn to somebody else and remind them, you are here. (laughs) You get to be here. And man, you look good. Come on. You look good doing it. What you're doing right now, come on, Rick. What you're doing, you look good doing it. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a setup. You're a setup for what I'm about to talk about today. So we're in this series called Are You Satisfied? This, this is a great series to invite your friends, your coworkers, anyone. Last week, we talked about are you satisfied at your job, at your career, And, you know, we went through all the statistics and the most liked jobs, the disliked jobs. We looked for the clues of what makes it satisfying and what isn't satisfying. And most importantly, we learned that the biblical term for satisfaction is Christ's atonement for us. It's what he did for us. And, you know, he's got a way for many of us who are seeking and searching for our calling to get to our heart wherever we're at. And if we serve him wherever we're at, with all that we got, as if we're doing it unto him, guess what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen? You don't have to find your calling, Max. Your calling is going to find you. Yeah. So, but I want to talk about today, are you satisfied with your health? (laughs) That's why I said Rick's a great example. I'm sure he says, I'm quite satisfied. (laughs) Well, Cam says she's quite satisfied. Anyway, you know, there are many of us that, let's be honest, we can always do better in our health, can we not? We can always do better. And we know that we, maybe for some of us, we should exercise a little bit more, uh, that we should probably eat a little bit healthier, that we should maybe spend a little less time indoors and more time outdoors. And in a way, that's where the tension lies. We don't always get our shoulds, do we? But you know what we get? We always get our standards. Ooh, someone should write that down. That is good. If you're not following me right now on the Version Bible app, uh, click events on there. You're going to see College Street. It's going to come up right away. All the scripture is going to be on there. You can go deeper in the word on there. You can write notes. You can take it home. You can take it to the workplace. Heck, you can take it to the gym. Come on. I'll talk about that really soon. But you know what? We don't always get our shoulds. We get our standards. And we need to learn to turn our shoulds into musts. You know, if vision is a mental picture of what should be, fueled by a passion that it must be, come on, then we can change even our language from I should lose weight to I must lose weight. I must eat healthier. I must get out. Why? Exactly. If I can't tell you why, 
if you don't own your why, if you don't have a strong why, you're just going to say goodbye. Woo! Better write that one down too. Come on. <laughs> if you don't have a strong why, you're going to say goodbye. Why do I go to the gym? <laughs> you know? Come on, have a strong why. Because <laughs> maybe your strong why is poor health runs in the family. Maybe you want to live longer, healthier, uh, be able to enjoy those that are closest to you, you know, not just, you know, survive, but thrive. Maybe you need a real strong why. Like maybe you don't want somebody else sleeping with your spouse and raising your kids. Come on. Woo, I hit a nerve, didn't I? We're talking about health. We're talking about health. Because who are you doing it for? Why are you doing it in the first place? Why is this important? Well, pastor, I thought it's just all about the heart. Yeah, well, it is, but this is also the temple of God. Come on. And I don't know about you, but I think you only get one of these on this earth, right? Someone said, if you know your grandparents gave you a one car, and that's the only car you get for the rest of your life. You're going to do, you're going to travel in that car. You're going to fulfill your dreams. You're going to meet the, the, the person of your dreams in that car. Come on. Right? You're going to go on missions trips in that car. Like how would you not take care of that car? So maybe instead of, uh, uh, for some of us, we're already feeling the tension and we're, maybe we've been trying to force it too much. You tried this, tried that, didn't work. Maybe it needs to become uh, more of a lifestyle. In the sense that you need your own rhythm of recreate. You need to, you know what, what you define what health looks like to you. A healthy you, what, like what's a 10 out of 10 for you? And what would that mean, living a healthy lifestyle? How could that affect maybe the people that you are reaching, the people that you are influencing? People you're called to reach. If I wasn't healthy, I couldn't have preached all weekend in Calgary, saw 18 young people give their hearts to the Lord, baptisms and healings, fly out, show up for, we still showed up for men's at 6.30 a.m., get in the word and now deliver the word to you, right? There is an ownership that we have too, a responsibility that we have when it comes to our health. And I want you to know this isn't a condemning message, none of them are. You know, Holy Spirit's going to speak in a convicting, loving way for you. And it might be just one small thing that you pull out of the scripture today. One seed that if you just take that seed and water it, it's that seed and it takes root. It could change not just your life, but generations to come. Right? Because we know that more things are caught than taught. So rhythm. One thing I've found is that you never have to tell an athlete to work out or go to the gym. You notice that? Because that's just what they do. It's a lifestyle. So why don't we study the scripture today and see if we can discover what a healthier lifestyle could look like for us. You know, I want to I wanna go to uh, Paul. He wrote the book in uh, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And uh, Paul, he knew about conditioning. Paul knew about the journey that he had ahead of him. Paul knew what it was like to have plenty, and Paul knew what it was like to have little. Paul knew what it was like to do his own thing, and then on his way on the road to Damascus, even when he thought he was doing the right thing, persecuting and, and arresting Christians, that he had a God encounter. And I think someone's going to have a God encounter today. It was a bright light, 
that caused him to become blind, but really he was blind the whole time. He was doing his thing, running his way. Great intention, misdirection. Until he had an encounter with Jesus. And he said this, he said in 1 Corinthians, he said to the church in Corinth, he says, I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessing. Let's just park there for a second. I do everything to. What if you were to finish that sentence? What do you do everything to? Do you do everything to try to make your family happy? Do you do everything maybe to um, keep the peace? Maybe you're just in the season right now. You feel like I'm doing everything just to survive. What would be satisfying to you? To fill in that blank. Maybe you need to shift your focus today. Maybe your shift is going to be shifting it away from fear, failure, finances. I don't know. Maybe towards faith. Because what's your why? What if we did everything, everything like Paul said, as if we're doing it unto the Lord? so that we could have a life, a healthier life, and a life more abundantly. Jesus said in John 10.10, he said the thief's purpose, which is the devil, is to steal, kill, and destroy. So if you want to know what his mission is, that's his mission. But Jesus said my purpose is to give them, give us a rich and satisfying life and I think some of you are settling for what you think your level of satisfaction is versus God's level of satisfaction for your life come on you know if we're going to live up in a down world the first thing we got to do is start to look up that means that through Christ we can have a rich and satisfying life that means we need to prioritize our passions towards the purpose okay a lot of people are passionate about things that don't really have a lot of purpose or they lack purpose is that true and we need to direct our passion towards the purpose of the gospel the good news in spreading that good news and sharing in its blessings. The world will tell you there's only so much resource. There's only so much money. It's limited. But we serve a limitless God. And he says that if you test me on this, that he won't pour out the floodgates of heaven. Come on, floodgates of heaven. So much blessing that you cannot contain it. The context he was talking about was the tithe. Our first fruits. It always comes back to first what? Jesus, seek first the kingdom of God. Give me your first fruits. See me. I'm not saying give it all. He's saying give me 10%. It's actually all his anyway. But there's always a process, you with me, to the promise. Mm-hmm. I've said this before, but too many times we just want the immediate and we miss the ultimate. But there's a process. Little by little, day by day, faithful and little before faithful and much. It's a process. 
So we need to share in the good news, his offering of sins forgiven, overcoming sin and death through his resurrection. It's a message of grace. It's a message of mercy. It's a message of unfailing love. Everything else will fade away, but his love never fails. That a girl. 1 Corinthians 13. <laughs> I got some preachers in the front row. Yeah. Psalm 36, verse 5 says, Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Oh, isn't that rich? That is rich. And you got to come back to the, the why. Why are you seeking? Why are you searching? Why are you knocking? We learned last week, Matthew 7, 7. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Says, <laughs> you got to give honor where honor's due. I wouldn't be here without these two. So, And it rhymes all the way from Manitoba. You made it better late than never. It's okay. If this was a Mennonite church, no kidding. <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> I love my heritage. Anyway, <laughs> he's like, that guy's winning. <laughs> like, anyway, 1 Corinthians 9.25, Paul says, all athletes are disciplined. Say disciplined in their training. They do it, what? To win a prize that will fade away, but we do it. Say, I do it for an eternal prize. Mm, that's a strong why, is it not? That's a strong why. That's why most people fail, not because of a, 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 la a lack of desire, a lack of dream, but a lack of discipline. You could write that one down too, honey. That's a good one. But all athletes are disciplined. We learned last week, as we talked about you satisfied in your workplace, that, that uh, two-thirds of successful CEOs actually come from military background. In the military, what do you learn? Discipline and focus. And would you identify yourself as an athlete? Paul would. What race are you running? Who are you running it for? You know why? If you're going to train your body, if you're going to beat it into submission, you're just going to do it because it feels good? Oh, that's a bad why. That's a bad reason. Because most days you're not going to feel good about going to the gym. <laughs> okay? See, identity will drive our intentionality. I'll say that again. Identity will drive our intentionality. It's being deliberate. It's being purposeful. It's, it, 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 it's our quality of mental state. It, it's what drives our thoughts. It's what drives our beliefs, our desires, and our hopes. So two is that identity will shape our discipline. Think about it. Every day we are discovering more and more who we are in the image of God and how we are to be like Christ. How do we do that? By reading his word daily. Come on, it's his truth that sets us free. Yes, by weekly going to church. Way to go, you guys. Give yourself an applause. Come on. By, by attending... Yeah! <laughs> Get it! By attending... Uh, connect groups by serving, come on, one another. 
That's what we were created for was to serve. Remember, Jesus said, if you want to become a great leader, you need to become a serve, a greater servant. Greater. You can become greater, but the world's way of telling you to become greater would be about stepping on and stepping over other people. The Jesus style is upside down. It's getting underneath submission and lifting others up. That's how you become great. Again, there's both an element of being taught and what is caught. I ask my kids, I'm, I'm teaching them, right, honey? But they don't always listen, but they're always watching. They're always watching. And a lot of things that I see them doing, the good and the things I don't like, they usually caught, not from mom, but from dad. They catch the good things from her. <laughs> no. But more things are caught than taught. And, and, that's, and that's why I'm intentional on even going to the gym. And not just any random gym. I go to Faith for Change. <laughs> Lee, I know you're in here somewhere. <laughs> Fit for Change. You know, <laughs> Faith for Change. Yeah. So... It's the same reason why I choose a coach. It's the same reason why I choose a healthy gym with a healthy culture. Versus just working out on my own. I need accountability. I need inspiration. I need to be surrounded by other people that are further ahead than me. The same reason why we come into the body of Christ. We need to be around other healthy people people. Sure, we're all hurting in different ways, in different seasons, but we're here to lift the other one up. How sad is it for you to be alone and not have somebody else to lift you up, to encourage you, to continue to encourage and build you up, 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Hey, Rick? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I'm never going to grow if I just surround myself with people that make me feel comfortable. And don't challenge me. I look to people to inspire me that have a healthier lifestyle with purpose. And, 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 and it inspires me to follow their example. Look at all these healthy people in the front row. Thank you for being there today. The same should be with us. Our identity, first of all, is found in Christ. Christians. Christ in us. We need to know who we are in Christ. And then we need to be ready and committed to the challenges that lie ahead. It was the joy set before him that that Christ could and would endure the cross. Because of the joy set before him. He had a strong why. It was for you and me. You see, these these challenges, these rhythms we talk about in living a healthy lifestyle become our habits. And habits are what shape our horizon. I don't think everyone caught that. (laughs) You You know, most of your habits are actually done by default, not by design, unfortunately. 
But I believe God is speaking to you today. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today. He's giving you certain images, certain things that have been on your heart. Certain things that you've longed for could be in your relationship. Lord, be honest. Your health maybe has been getting in the way of living out the lifestyle that God intended for you to live. The ability to travel, the ability to wrestle with your kids, your grandkids, right? Some of us haven't swooped our spouse off their feet in a while. Although I think Pastor Steph could lift you up. All things are possible to him who believes. <laughs> but it's our habits that shape our horizon. You know, we've said this before. I think we need to be reminded of the word says in Proverbs 29, 18, without vision, we perish. Where there's no restraint. That goes back to the why. You have to have a solid vision. And that vision needs to be tied into the mission of making disciples a great commission. It's what Jesus came to do. But your vision has a part to play in the mission. You didn't, you didn't think of that, hey? That going to the gym had a part to play? Eating right, eating healthy? What to say yes to, what to say no to? Sure it does. We came back from a legacy conference. And what kind of legacy do you want to leave? What do you want to be known for? And legacy means thinking beyond ourselves. Thinking generations, multi-generations to come. That's why I subscribe to the kingdom of God. I want to live a life that leads into a legacy of Jesus. People set free. Addiction, condemnation, come on, sin, all of that. I want to, I want to know. I want to one day stand before Jesus and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Thank you for subscribing to my kingdom. And I'm not just going to be blessed when I get to heaven. He's already blessing me now. Because as I seek first the kingdom of God, all things are added unto me. For he knows the desires of your heart. And he says, those that delight in the Lord will receive the desires of your heart. Are you with me today? It's all connected. And if you live life like this, you learn that when you believe the word, when it says today, every day you wake up, you'll be like, oh, it's today. As Rick wakes up and he looks over at Kamala and Kamala says, what day? Remember, today's the Lord's day. <laughs> he designed it as whether or not you're going to come in alignment with his design and his blessings. Only you can limit what he wants to do in you and through you. That, that's how we can learn to live life in discovery, not just in recovery. And we need to understand, though, too, that it's going to look different for all of us. But the root of discipleship is discipline. Paul, 1 Corinthians 9.26, So I run with purpose. I run with purpose. He said in every step, not just on race day, not just on at the track at mission on Saturday, we're running to the track. He says, I'm not just shadow boxing. Ho, oh, that speaks to me. 
There's a lot of people out there right now. They don't even know what they're swinging at. Right? Unlike block, get out of here. It's like, what are you fighting? <laughs> right? There's only one enemy. <laughs> We're not at war against each other, against flesh and blood, but against principality. Paul says he runs and he runs with every step, every step with purpose. That means that we have to be purpose driven. We need to be motivated by mission and every move we make, every step we take. Oh, come on, somebody. You know what? I submitted this to the band the other day. We've been working on a little something. <laughs> Just to help you remember how important it is. Every step you take. Come on. Every breath you take. Every step you take. Every move you make. Every cake you bake. He'll be watching you. <laughs> Come on. Everything you do, do it as if you're doing that to Lord. Come on, one more time. College Street Worship Band. Who's done? You're not going to forget now. Isn't that cool how God can take something and just whoosh, use it for his glory? Oh, man. I totally lost where I was with that. We need to run with purpose. Say run with purpose. Come on. I think we can all learn from Paul. But we need to fight the good fight. But the, I'm telling you, the enemy would love to exasperate you, exhaust you, distract you, discourage you from becoming disciplined. He'd rather you walk away and wander instead of run to win. He's even okay with some of you running as long as you're not running in the right direction. He doesn't want you running in the direction of your destiny. Jesus. Discipleship. Remember when the, um, I think I brought this up a few weeks ago. Remember when the Israelites were crying out and complaining to Moses in Exodus 14? If you don't know the story, the, uh, the, the Israelites, God's chosen people, were under the oppression of Egypt and Pharaoh and his army and he was threatened by them. He was fearful of them because they kept growing and growing. And the more that he oppressed them, the more that they grew. And God would use a man named Moses, who was actually a murderer. Come on. God will use anybody who is running from his past. Mm -hmm. He tried to bury it in the sand. Come on. You can't just bury it. One day it's going to come up again. But while he was out there, the very thing he was trying to run from, God was calling him to. Oh, Lord. <laughs> this is a word for somebody today. The very thing you were trying to run from, God is calling you back to. And it's not just for you to be set free, but it's for other people to be set free. But this time you're coming back a little stronger, a little bolder, a little wiser. And you're not going alone. And trust me, you'll still have the doubt. You'll still have the excuses, even if God speaks to you through a burning bush and tells you to go and go speak to Pharaoh, the highest authority at the time. A burning bush told you to go. 
Remember, you were known as a murderer. Last time you were there, Pharaoh wanted to kill you. But I want you to go back. And I want you to tell them to say, let my people go. Oh, that feels good. Let them go. Let them go. They're not yours to take. They're not yours to oppress. Let them go. But you might think like Moses. I'm not good at speaking. Who am I, Lord? Who shall I say is sending me? I am. He's everything that we're not. So I want to encourage you, catch yourself. before Whenever you say I am, it's just like saying I do everything too. Oh, honey, I'm doing everything to please. I'm doing everything to make this family happy. I'm doing everything. No, you're not. That's not what you're here to do. Seek first the kingdom of God, then all things will be added unto you. It's the same way you fit. If you're going to finish that sentence, next time you say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, Kayla. I am the head and not the tail, Sharon. Somebody else help me out. Ricky got one for me? I'm coming down. Kamala, I am what? righteousness of God. You better know who you are. You better know what you stand for. You better know who you're running to. You better know why you're training. You better be running in the direction of your destiny. The devil doesn't like it because when you head in the direction of your destiny, it helps others physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally with their health. You see, the devil, it actually says schemes to cause you to falter. He's scheming. He's trying to find ways to distract you, discourage you, to disengage you, to divide you from your destiny. He'll do anything he can do to get you to become bitter instead of better. He'll do anything he could do to get you to become angry just so he can have a foothold. And it ain't just a little foothold. Remember, we learned last week, foothold in the Greek means space and place in your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. Because in my heart is you guys. In my heart is my beautiful bride, Charmaine. In my heart is Max. Chloe, Oliver, Aiden, Logan. In my heart is my, did I get them all? Is there more? Okay. I'm ready in my heart for whatever you bring to me, Lord. <laughs> but Proverbs 16, 9 says that we, we can make our plans. And it's good to have a plan. Remember, you got to have a vision. Without vision, you perish. You got to write it down. Habakkuk 2 2. Uh, write the vision down. Make it plain so those that read it can what? You can run with it. That was my run. Sometimes we're just waiting on the Lord and God is waiting on you. God is waiting on you. You got to trust Him when you start running and heading towards Him. He's going to course correct you. Trust me, He will. 
For in a man's heart, he plans his ways, but it is God that directs the steps. Every move you make. Come on. No, you don't have to go back into it. So back to the Israelites. They're headed out. They're leaving behind. Pharaoh reluctantly lets them go. Reluctantly. Cost him his firstborn and many others. You see where that's going. Everything foreshadows what Jesus, what Jesus did for us. And they get to the place of the Red Sea. Pharaoh has a change of heart. He realizes who's going to do all the work and build his pyramids. And I don't know whatever else Pharaoh was doing. So he, he sends, he goes with his army after them. And I understand, like, it, it didn't look good for them. Because there's water in front. And there's an army in the back. And they start crying. They start complaining. And they even go to Moses, who was taking them out, led them out. Remember, when they left, they were blessed. They were blessed with riches. They were sent on their way. All these things. And, like, they can, like, almost see the promised land. But they're too busy with what's right in front of them. The immediate that they missed the ultimate. And they're crying out to Moses. They said, well, wasn't there enough graves in Egypt? We would have been better off in Egypt. Yeah, right. Don't let the enemy get in your head just because when you face a challenge in your calling that you were better off before you met Jesus. Come on. That you were better off before you met your spouse. Come on. Are you with me? You were better off in your health before you came to the gym and went on that and whatever. <laughs> it's okay to laugh. But in the Israelites, they're crying out. They're complaining to Moses. Exodus 14, verses 13 to 15. Moses answers the people. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. And you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Yeah, right? It's like a Braveheart moment. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. <clears throat> Sorry. Because verse 15, then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you, <clears throat> why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. What? <laughs> You with me? You see the pattern? Running a race. I mean, you got, how are they going to ever move into their promise if they can't take care of their physical temple? How are they able to run the race and leave a legacy? Are you with me? It all matters. God's got you, and it's never too late. Today's a new day. It's the little things that are the big things. But it's time to get a move on when it comes to running with purpose. The key is every step you take. Not just the steps that we take on Sunday when everybody else is watching. It's what you do in private that will one day be rewarded in public. Would you stand with me? The takeaway that I have for us today is I will become satisfied with my health, say my health, when I become steadfast in my discipline.
Again, that's going to look different for everyone. And the verse that I have for you is found in 1 Corinthians 9.27. And Paul said, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should do, I should say, must do, the map version. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Don't disqualify yourself because you lack discipline. Again, in Christianity, satisfaction is defined as Christ's atonement for sin. You heard all the world's definition of satisfaction. It isn't a mouth with a tongue going blah. That's just us being creative. The word actually says that, what does it say? We'd rather be, be us be hot, not cold, or cold, not lukewarm. Because what does he do with lukewarm? Blah. Spits it out. And I mean, I mean, that's maybe for another teaching. God has so much more stuff. And you don't have to do it alone. And most importantly, in your relationship with God, you need to know that satisfaction is Christ's atonement. Atone is to suffer the penalty for sin, thereby removing the effects of sin from the repenter, from the sinner, and allowing him or her to reconcile with God. Oh, that's beautiful. That is satisfying. Jesus Christ was the only one capable of carrying out the atonement for all mankind. And if you're here today, and you've been seeking, you've been searching, you've been trying, and you've been falling falling short, God cares about every aspect of your life. He cares about your well-being. As we read, He cares about your health. We are even taught to pray on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, you can guarantee everyone is healthy, everyone is whole, there's no sickness, there's no disease. God's plans and purposes for you, Jeremiah 29, and prosper at the heart of give you hope and a future. It's like I mentioned that I wouldn't be where I'm at and it's still a journey for me but being able to run the race without a good coach and multiple coaches good parents good pastors good friends good brothers pray with me every Tuesday morning at 5.30 a.m. God bless you man but get in the word every Sunday morning at 7 a.m that are willing to go to places that might be a little more messy, like Ruth and Naomi's. And sometimes, I don't, want, I don't want you to get the wrong idea, because we judge things from the mess on the outside. How many of us are dealing with the mess on the inside? But we need coaches. And with all that, we need the ultimate coach, who is Christ. Before we can have any foresight, we must have insight. And insight, the word comes from in spirit. It is being aligned with the spirit of God. Christ came, died, wore all, all of our sins on the cross, and offers it as a free gift, atonement. If we are willing, like Paul says in Romans 10 verse 9, to believe in our heart 
confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, believing that God the Father raised his son from the grave. That's your starting point. That's your starting line. It's because of the resurrection that you can run. So if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to lead you through a prayer right now. It's not about joining a religion or a church. It's about a relationship with Jesus right here, right now. So you can start running and have some direction. And you don't have to do it alone. Would you pray with me? Would you, would you just pray with me? If you've never prayed this prayer, as you pray so with your whole heart. If maybe if you're doing the, the 180, maybe this is your Moses moment. And, and you're running to where God wants you to go, not just what you want to do. And you'd invite him back into your heart today. Would you just pray with me all together and say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for dying for my sins and setting me free. Please forgive me for all my sins. I choose now to run to you, to make you Lord over my life. I believe that you rose from the grave. I'm ready to run. In Jesus' name, amen. Just stay in the moment, eyes closed, heads bowed, in the moment. I have a word for someone today. Your eyes are closed. The enemy is still, even now, trying to mess with your thoughts and your past. And he doesn't have a place in there unless you give it to him. That you are to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. He's showing you every other way. The enemy is trying to show you every other way that didn't work. But today, God is saying, I am the only way, and I am always working. So whatever that is, just lay it down now. You can whisper it. And you say, Jesus, I give this to you. I lay it down to you at the foot of the cross. It's not my burden to carry. I give it to you. I sense part of the for someone else, it's been a lack of clarity. It's actually been confusion that you've been struggling with. It's kind of like it's cloudy. It's been a little cloudy lately. You'd say it's cloudy in your life. Actually, all heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If, if that's you, it's been a little cloudy. Just give me a thumbs up so I know it's you. Wow, thank you. It's been a little cloudy. The Lord is not a God of confusion. He's a God of clarity. That's his word. He's a God of clarity. And I just want to pray over you right now. Lord, your word says that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loose in heaven. I pray now for my brother, for my sister. Release clarity, Jesus. Would you move through every thought, every lie of the enemy? Would you remove the veils? Would they see it for what it is? Would they focus on you? Would they run to you? I pray that you would give them a drive and a hunger now as they start to see, as the other things start to fade away, they get clarity, that your word would just speak to them every time they open it up, every day they, they would get into the bread, they'd get into the daily bread, that they'd get into your word. 
and it would speak to them every day with every step they take in Jesus' name. All heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And if you prayed that prayer, inviting Jesus into your heart to run with him, it's the first time you invite him into your heart. All eyes are closed and heads are bowed. Would you, would you just give me a thumbs up in the house and ask me? I'm starting to run with Jesus today. Thank you. Come on. He sees you. Thank you. He's running with you. Thank you. God bless you. And if you're, this was maybe your pivot point, and you're running back to him today, would you give me a thumbs up? Let me know that's you. You're running. Thank you. You're running to him. Thank you. You're not walking. Thank you. You're running to him. Thank you. You found new strength and meaning to go to him. Thank you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this holy moment. We thank you for the joy that was set before you that you could endure the cross. We thank you that you promised that, you, that we would be able to do even greater things because of what you've done and because you've sent the Holy Spirit. Lord, we worship you and we honor you now in this moment. Amen. Well, <laughs> you know, really, health comes down to our heart. Everything flows from the heart. We're going to keep just respecting the moment. I, I sense there's just, God's just doing something in the moment. And I just feel that we're just going to be obedient. Um, I'm going to have the worship team. Just lead us in worship. Lead us in song. And um, you know, part of our obedience in, in our mission, like tying our vision to everything we do, the reason that we run is in the Great Commission to make disciples. In Matthew 28, sorry, in verse 19, it says to go into all the world, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have a baptism tank right up front. We fill it every time we gather in faith, in obedience, that someone might come running to the water. And God speaks to you, he pulls on your heart, and he leads you to the water. And he leads you through it. In Romans it says that when you go into the water that you are baptized with. You're not baptized alone. You go into the water, it represents his death. You are crucified with Christ. When you come up out of the water, <laughs> you are resurrected with Christ. Back to the water. Baptism is actually referenced in the story I just shared with you in Exodus. That when they went through the water to the other side, all of the authority that Egypt had went after them, just like the authority of sin was after you. When they went through the water, the Israelites went through and crossed over, 
the Lord caused the water, the waves, the walls of the waves to come crashing down on that authority. And when you get baptized, does sin still exist? Egypt? Egypt still exists. But the authority no longer exists over you. So if you haven't done that yet, I'd encourage you as we worship, just come forward. It'd be an honor for myself and Pastor Charmaine to baptize you. You may have been baptized before and you didn't even know what you were doing. And this is a moment now you're like, I get it. I got the insight. This is my, we're not gonna stand in the way from you coming to step, actually quite the opposite. We will celebrate with you. I'll be the last one to stand before Jesus and stand in the way of you coming to him. But you can come forward too. Let's worship our God. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.